0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thoughts on Purpose podcast. My name is Nash Mackey, and it is an absolute privilege to have your company on today's episode, as it is always. Guys, just so you get the most out of this episode, I strongly encourage you to take some great notes. If you can't do it right now, make sure you do it later. But take some notes on what you're going to learn in this interview and make sure you apply it because. It's one thing to learn something, it's a whole other thing to apply it. When you apply, that's how you retain the information. That's what I want for you. I want this information to sincerely add value in your life. So make sure you apply what you learn. Also share what you learn with other people. Again, that helps you retain the information on a deeper level. Share this interview out with the people you care about and so you get to have an impact in other people's lives as well. Speaking of being an action taker, guys. If you haven't already, head over to IamNashMackie.com. Subscribe. That way you get the opportunity to send your questions in when I interview amazing guests like today's guest. And uh, you get to have your questions answered. And while you're there on my website, guys, be sure to book a free 30-minute one-on-one strategy call with me so you and me get the opportunity to deep dive on crafting a super powerful identity for yourself. Because ultimately... We never rise above the level of our identity, guys, our self-belief, who we believe we are, what we believe we are capable of. So guys, do yourself a huge favor, head up to imnashmackie.com and subscribe and book in a one-on-one free strategy call. My gift to you guys. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into today's interview. Neil Steenbeld, thank you so much for joining us on the Thoughts and Purpose podcast. It is a privilege to have you here, my man. Thank you for having me, mate. It's a pleasure. Of course, of course, guys. So... If you don't know Emil, Emile is a transformational speaker and coach. Emil was just sharing with me that he is uh, preparing for his new Elevate event in London. Is it, Am I correct in saying that Emile? No, actually, it's going. This one's going to be in Bali. In Bali, okay. I thought it was, was yeah. there. Something came up coming up in London.
1: Yeah, so we had it in London, and we ended up switching it back to Bali, and purely because we are known for doing great events in Bali, mm-hmm. and. It's funny because the elevate event, the way we've
0: structured it, it's like it's not going to be the same if we did it in London. Interesting. Yeah. Well. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, you, you created that. some amazing content off that last elevate event in Bali, yes. and what an experience of people! Like I saw, you're obviously doing a lot of adventure training and a lot of uh, experiencing the the surroundings and the environment and getting out in nature. Yeah. And I was kind of curious when I, when I heard it was in London, I was like, hey, how's that going to work out? So that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you live in Bali at the moment, don't you now? Yeah. So I've been living here around four years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's gone really fast as
1: well. Wow. And so where were you born, Emil? <laughs> I was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia.
2: Oh, okay, uh, there you go. Yep. Yes,
1: yeah, But that's my cool. parents were, yeah. But my parents are from Cape
0: Town. Yeah. South Africa. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Emil, I loved how when we were kind of preparing for this and just, um, you know, scheduling this all in, you you sent me a message and you were you were so determined to add value to people. You're like, you know, yeah. let's make sure we're really creating something of value. And that totally resonates with me, mate. Um, guys, I just want to tell you about Emil quickly because I had the privilege of being with Emil on a call when Emil was there as the expert delivering a training for us and the standout thing about you, Emil, is I remember how how present you were. And I remember that you went around every single one of the participants on that call and you really met them where they're at. And I've heard that that's a trait of great leaders. They're able mm-hmm. to meet people where they're at and they're able to lead them to where they want to go. And I remember you were going through the people and I was I was excited. I was like, it's going to be my turn in a minute. And you, and you delivered. You just I remember you got me to share a bit of my story and you yeah. straight away were like, that wasn't from the heart. That wasn't from the heart and you got me to refine it. And I shared a bit of the story that I didn't usually share. And you're like, that was it. I felt that. Yeah. And I just felt so free. Like I, you just had that ability to really, um, I guess, meet me where I was at and also guide me to where I needed to go in such a powerful way. So I'm excited for what we're going to create in, in this time together. So, thanks for the way you show up, man. And I appreciate you being here today so much. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I really do. Absolutely. So, I'm the kind of,
2: coach. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah, yeah. We can come on and, and really jam on this. Same, man. I, I, well, the two topics we are going to be jamming on today, particularly, are going to be around supercharging your confidence and mm-hmm. also dealing with the People's opinions, because this is a big thing, and I specifically wanted to talk about this with you, Emil, because, like I said, I guess it goes hand in hand with with um, building self confidence. But I talk to so many people, and being derailed by other people's opinions is a huge thing that comes up. I'm not sure how if you experience that much with people, but um, two topics that I believe are going to add huge amounts of value. So, without further ado, let's dive into it. Um, but I'd love for people just to get to know you a bit more, Emil. So, could you share a bit of your story? Um, yeah, just of why you are so committed to doing the work you're doing now. You're holding these events around the world, you're coaching people all around the world, you're up to big things. Why are you so committed to doing this work?
1: Nash, um, it wasn't. When I think about why I do what I do, it was because. I had a story that I wasn't enough
2: Mm.
1: and I was a perfectionist and I was consistently trying to make it always look good. And this is what people don't see. Like they don't see the backstory and Mm. where, you know, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today is because it it means something to me because I was in that. Mm. And, you know, growing up with parents from South Africa, you know, my father was, you know, very, traditional South African man, didn't really speak about feelings, didn't really share much. So I had trouble expressing because he had trouble expressing, you know, and we learned from our parents. You know, my mother was actually, is actually a psychologist now and has been studying psychology my whole life. So, you know, I had these books around since I was a child and and going deep into like, why do we do what we do? I was always a deep thinker. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't figure out why I did certain things and why people reacted to me, reacted to me in certain ways. And, you know, when I went to my first self-development course, I actually did it with my mom, no, with my father. And it was the first time I really got to see how I showed up in life. And it was like, this, it was like, like, picture a horse, right? And picture mm-hmm. it's got blinkers on as all of a sudden I had these epiphanies and boom, it started opening up and I'm like, holy, I can't believe this is what I've been doing the whole time. And Mm -hmm. this is why I react like this. And this is why I, I act like a victim. And this is why I blame and, you know, and all these things. And it really taught me about responsibility. It taught Mm -hmm. me about how to take ownership of my feelings and emotions. And when I got a taste of it, Nash, I just wanted Mm -hmm. to go deeper and deeper Mm -hmm. into it. I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, you've had it, you've had it yourself where you had that first epiphany and you're like, wow, I've been doing this for 15 years and someone just says one thing and you're like, what? Yep, totally. So it really taught me about myself and in my head, I was like, well, I was getting these messages. Like I just, I got so clear with myself because once you take yourself out of the way, there's free range. Anything's possible. You're the only person stopping yourself. And I know it sounds as cliche as possible. Like you're the only one that's in your way, but it really is true. It's like, imagine you trusted yourself fully. Imagine you accepted and embraced all of your dark side as much as you embraced your light side. What would be possible for you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Anything and everything. Because you're not held back by your, your thoughts, your limiting beliefs, your stories, your parents, because you're not looking for the acceptance, approval, or, or waiting for someone to give you permission. Mm-hmm. And this is what I was doing my whole life. I was waiting for my father to give me permission. Wow. wow. So when I, yeah, when I, when I really got that and I wanted to go deeper into self-development and I wanted to give people, it, I wanted to give them the transformation that I had.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And because I was learning it, this is the beautiful thing about transformational coaching and emotional intelligence coaching is the more you teach it, the more you learn it, the more you learn it, the more you practice it the more you practice it, the more you can just keep on growing and going deeper and deeper and, and your life becomes effortless and you catch it instead of it catching you. Mm. Wow. So, you know, this journey has been... It's, and it's nonstop. stop It's nonstop. stop I'm still going through it. I went through it last weekend in Singapore.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's phenomenal. And so just first of all, how old were you when, that, when you went to that event, Emil?
1: I was... Um, Twenty one. Okay, rough. No, no, sorry. Twenty three. Because I just got back. From, I just got back from Hong Kong. I just did my first modelling stint uh-huh. overseas, and yeah. I came back and I did that course. So I did that course, and then I did that with my dad, and we had a massive, massive breakthroughs, even with our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up doing the advanced course and did it with my mum, and it went even bigger. So just to deal with my parents was phenomenal.
0: That's amazing. I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, how powerful too, because so much of the, so many, so many of the challenges people have are picked up from their parents. It's like we are given so many of the things our parents didn't deal with in some ways. They get passed to us. And
2: mm-hmm. so
0: I can only imagine that, that that's quite, quite amazing. So you were saying that you were waiting for your dad to give you permission or acceptance did that happen in that event did you feel
1: it didn't actually um it happened when I decided to give myself permission excellent I was uh doing the Camino de Santiago in the south you it's a pilgrimage right okay yes and I I was with my father and we walked for five weeks and we walked from the south of France to the west coast of Spain for five weeks wow You know, and I remember walking, Nash, and I was walking, and I was listening to Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, and you know, he says in his voice, "You're you're never going to get the consciousness, or the acceptance, or the approval that you want from your parents." And I was like, (laughs) anger straight away. I was I was so angry. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Mm-hmm. and and that was the moment I, lo- I, I literally decided, I was like I'm, I'm not going to get it the way I want it and it hit me because I was like, well, what, am I, what am I still seeking from him that I'm not giving to myself mm-hmm. and in that moment I said, you know what I'm no longer going to seek approval from him mm-hmm. I'm going to accept myself and what does that look like for me, that means giving myself full permission to do what I want and the moment I stopped, it was so weird the moment I stopped doing it he started showing up even more. He mm-hmm. started literally showing up in a way where I was like, oh, because I wasn't expecting it in the way I wanted it. He did mm-hmm. it in the way he knew how to. Mm-hmm. And this is a the difference these days. We, we're so many of us. We want to get the love. We want to receive it in the way we want it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, give me love. Give me love. Come on. And I want it like this. And it has to be shaped like this. And it has to be in this mm-hmm. kind of box, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not the way love works, right? We mm-hmm. we all, all love differently. Mm-hmm. And when I really took responsibility for how I was showing up in a relationship, our relationship shifted even more. Like we were already going really well because we did, obviously I wouldn't have gone on a trip with my father for five weeks. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> but it, what really taught me is like of years of doing the work it was when I fully took responsibility for how I was showing up. I stopped blaming him. He got to show up in his face. And because I accepted myself, it, we're mirrors. Mm he felt accepted and our relationship grew organically and now it's to the point where we can talk about anything. I'm like, wow. there's nothing between us. Mm. Nothing. Like I can literally go, Hey, this happened, this happened, this happened and not be ashamed. Mm. And the same for him. He calls me and he, he he'll literally be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And it, even with his business, which is amazing to have
0: that kind of relationship. That is so cool. I love that. It's definitely a relationship I'm aspiring to have with my, with my uh, son and daughters, of course. So um, I'll have to talk to you more about that for sure, about how, how you've navigated all that and what he did. And so Mm. that's really exciting, man. Um, Phenomenal. And so you touched on, you used to be a model. Yes. And you were, you were modeling for some pretty big, big brands there as well, weren't you? Yeah, for twelve years I was
1: i was an international model and um it's funny because we were talking about confidence and this is exactly how I really learned what real confidence is. Mm -hmm. And you know, the modeling industry is one of those industries where it's like ninety five percent rejection. And I'll be honest, I was so shit scared of rejection for a good three years I avoided going into the modeling industry, even when I was asked the first time, I was asked at about 21 or 20 the first time. Okay. And, yes. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm cool. Um, it's not for me. And it was really cause I was scared. I was, I didn't have the courage and I didn't think I was enough to be a model. Wow. Wow. And when I finally said yes, I've been, I've been approached a few more times. I did a couple of shows and I was like, wow, that was exhilarating. It was fun. And it was purely cause you know, there's a fine line between fear and or nervousness slash excitement and Mm -hmm. after doing it i was ecstatic it's like you Mm -hmm. get this epiphany this rush this serotonin flooding system it's like this whole thing of like wow i didn't think i could do that and i did it Mm -hmm. and i was like cool but i still didn't jump into it and then finally i decided i'm like you know what i'm gonna do it but if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go all in and this is the kind of person I am. If I decide I'm doing it, I'm doing it mm-hmm. right. And I'm going to do it to the very best I can. And mm-hmm. that means like, so I started training, I stopped partying. I, I got really focused. I looked up different magazines. It sounds crazy, right? Cause that, you know, to, to be the best, you got to find out who the best are. And then mm-hmm. you got to copy what they do and then do it in your own way and do it even better. Yes. And you know, That took me on such a journey. I had no idea it was going to take me on, but it took me from literally studying in Australia to moving to Hong Kong. And I would watch the models like who was confident when they come into the room, you had to do castings and it's like, what's going to be the difference between you and 200 other models. Mm -hmm. You have to make a connection in five seconds. How are they going to get, how are they going to remember you? Now this is the same thing I teach in business and in, um, And today when I'm coaching like high-end business people and I'm like, why are they going to remember you out of all the people? Yeah. Okay. You've got accounts, you've got this and this and that, but ultimately it's it's a relationship. It's a connection. And I made sure like I was reading books back then on people skills on how to connect quicker. and, And I started going deeper into that because I was like, okay, cool. This is what I look like. But that's only a certain amount of the percentage. It's like, how do you show up on a job professional? Are you confident? Are your shoulders back or are you hunched over? And this is the one defining moment when I really started looking at confidence. I was at a casting for Jean Paul Gaultier and there was like a hundred models in the room in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this, to give you an idea, everyone's sitting on the side and then there's three people at the back of the room and you have to walk. And then walk back
2: mm-hmm. and you have to
1: do like two walks and the first walk has to be different than the first one. So everybody's watching, they're all casting you and then they go, yep, cool. Take a picture and not, if you, if you're not successful, then they go, yep, see you later. Mm-hmm. So I remember watching this guy and he, he came in and he, he had presence and it wasn't like, Hey, look at me, but he just had this inner confidence. And, and this is the thing Nash, confidence is not loud and boisterous. It's not in your mm-hmm. face. It's not, Hey, look at me. It's, it's a subtle um, being. It's, it's like you trust yourself fully and it's, it naturally just radiates, mm-hmm. right? And he walked in and he made eye contact and he said hello to everyone. And, and then he walked and it was so powerful the way he walked. And I'll never forget it. That was the defining moment for me because I was like, wow. Out of all the models I saw, he, he booked a job. I ended yeah. up booking the job as well. The 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 thing is when I saw him I was like I never forgot that moment because I was like his shoulders were back, he walked with presence, he walked with conviction. He walked to the end and he made eye contact with all three. He wasn't afraid to look. Mm-hmm. And straight away they were like, Yep, done. He's it. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on I took that and I brought it into everything else that I do. Whenever I'm in a casting, whenever I'm meeting people, whenever I'm out in social situations. Because I was defined a shy kid. I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, how can you be an introvert when you're speaking on stages? But ultimately it's like, I like my own space. I like to keep to myself, but I can also come out when I need, when I need to coach people on stage, man, I'm, I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking, I'm not thinking about what I'm, what I'm looking like. I'm, I'm being present with that person. Mm-hmm. So the modeling taught me a lot about my confidence. And, and throughout the years, it took me from different country to country. Like I, I lived in LA, New York Um, and I'm talking some of the biggest shows like I was at another casting where 1500 guys got casted and they only chose 15 and I booked it the first time and it was again reminding myself who are you how do you show up Mm -hmm. how do you make eye contact Mm -hmm. and I booked that show two years in a row and they, they you know they flew me from New York to LA and we did the shows in Chicago Um. Chicago, LA, San Francisco, and there was artists in there like Neo, there was Macy Gray, wow. Sharon Stone auctioning off my outfit, you know, Man. and it was a full production, like a full production. Like there was 3000 people in the crowd, Yeah, you know? So it really taught me how to really trust myself and it became so fun. And that's the best thing about that is that when you can trust yourself and enjoy the process
0: and, Yeah, of course, there's going to be nerves, but push through that. It's the best feeling in the world. That's amazing, which is just such a great reason why I'm, you know, why we should be talking about confidence for people, because had you not had that confidence, had you not recognized in that guy, that level of certainty and conviction that you need when you are going after what you want, you know, ultimately you're not, you don't, you're not fully invested. So And I love what you said. You said confidence isn't loud and boisterous. It is something that you, when you need to, like you said yourself, you're an introvert, but when you need to, you'll step up with it. I think that's a key thing. Do you find, because I was going to ask you, what is the key or what what are some of the biggest challenges you see people facing who don't have confidence? Um, I guess I'll get you to answer that first, but I just want to touch on the point, marrying back to what you said, where you, where we, you just mentioned and touched on the fact that we don't need to be confident all the time. Do you feel like the challenge a lot of people have is that they feel that to be confident, they need to be on all the time.
1: Well, I don't feel like confidence is on all the time. I feel like confidence deep down is actually trust mm-hmm. because sometimes there's going to be things that you're really good at yep. and you're like, I'm confident in that. Like I played basketball. I was really good at ball, but I was terrible at, ice hockey.
2: Mm.
1: yeah, Right. Yep. But it's, it's, it's the thing is I'd never practiced ice hockey. I wasn't interested in it, but ultimately it's like confidence is the ability to trust yourself in certain situations and be okay with failing and learning from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's confidence. Like the most confident people out there are not going, I'm not going to try this cause I'll fail. They're going, I'm going to try this and then I'll work it out along the way. Mm hmm and this is the thing it's like with the difference between confident people is it's not that they're not they don't have fear we all have fear it's what we make it mean about our fear it's our relationship with fear so fear comes and then you see it and you can either run from it or you can face it and if you're the kind of person it's like okay i'm noticing my heart rate up i'm noticing got sweaty palms I'm noticing that this is really important to me, but I'm still going to be with it.
2: Then mm-hmm. you've
1: already won. That's confidence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. When you do it over and over again, you redefine like every time you do it, it changes the way you look at it. You're changing your perspective. Oh, it's not my story anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Love that. So when it comes to building confidence, is, like, is, is building confidence something we need to be practicing on the day, on a daily basis? Like should we, no different to like a workout or something, should we be having or practicing specific rituals that develop our confidence on a daily basis? Like as, as a, just as, as something we develop, like no different to like a bicep muscle. you like, you've got to train the bicep and all that other, you know, jazz. Should we be focusing on specific confidence training every single day? And what does that actually look like well, absolutely. I think if you want to become confident
1: in anything, you've got to practice the skills. Mm-hmm. If you want to become a painter, you've got to practice painting. If you want yes. to become a speaker, you got to practice speaking. If you want uh-huh. to be a, a great basketball player, you got to practice shooting. You got to practice the skills. You got to practice what you want to be confident in. Yes. And this is a thing. It doesn't just develop. It's, it's something that can be worked on uh-huh. or some people have natural talent. Yeah. But, Ultimately, it's like, if you want to be confident in anything, it's like, how many times do I want to practice this? And what do I make it mean when I fail? Mm -hmm. Now, there's a cycle. There's a cycle that I like to teach in it. And the thing that the cycle I use is practice the skills first. Find out what the skills you need to practice is first, right? Mm -hmm. The second one is apply them effectively. Mm -hmm. The third part around the wheel is assess the results. So you check in you go, okay, what is the results here? what can I do better? What am I, uh, what's not working for me? What is working for me? How can I be more effective with this? Mm-hmm. So you assess it. And then on the fourth one, you say you modify as needed. So then you modify it and then you try it again. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid, like I played basketball, I would just, I wanted to be an NBA player. Mm-hmm. I had the ring up front of my house and I would shoot every night. And I would practice from different angles. And I would shoot with my left and i shoot with my right. And by under 12, I was one of the first kids that was fluent in shooting both hands, like layups, left hand. Wow. Like I, w- I wanted to be able to have no limitations on how I played. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I'm going to be the best, I got to practice. And I remember like putting pot putt plants around my house, doing shuffles. And, wow. you know, I did everything in order to get to the best. And, you know, it was great. And it taught me about discipline. It taught me about structure. It taught me about following through with what, I, what I'm dreaming about. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that is confidence. You, know, you asked me the question before, like what do people lack when they, when they, have, when they don't have confidence? And that is, one, they lack trust. They don't trust themselves. Two, they don't follow through with what they say. So ultimately, imagine this. Every day you set the alarm for 7 a.m. But every day I press snooze. And what am I telling myself every time I do this? That I don't believe myself. Mm -hmm. Right? And if I don't believe myself there, then why am I even setting it? Because every Mm -hmm. time I say something, I don't actually follow through with it. And then guess what? Whenever I go to create a new goal and I don't follow through, all I'm telling myself is that I'm not worthy of the dream. That's telling my subconscious that I'm not good enough. That's telling me that I'm never, ever going to step out and create something that I want. I'm just Mm going to settle
0: or what it's ever is easy and what's in front of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Powerful, man. That's yeah. So, so important to grasp. And I totally agree. Like where you said you, you got to become masterful and practice keeping commitments to yourself and have that integrity with yourself because I, I you know, you're so right. So much self-confidence stems from there. When you just know you've got your own back Absolutely. and you're going to do, you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And, So would you say you've got to develop confidence on purpose? And what I mean by that is develop confidence with an intention in mind, but you need to develop confidence because of what it's going to get you because correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I've noticed is people want to become more confident because they think they just need to be like what they're seeing in the world around them, which is so much, you know, so much now on social media, there's so much comparison, people trying to be so much, Mm. But they're not trying to be anything specific. So, a lot of people think,
1: I mean, a lot of people think confidence is if I'm confident, then people will accept me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's let's fake it till we make it. And mm-hmm. this is the thing with social media is like so many people out there that are showing through pictures, like, look at me, I'm this, this, and that. And then you meet them in person, you're like, wow, you're nothing like your social media. Mm, wow. And you know, this is the thing we get to do. We get to put this illusion out there mm. of what we want people to receive us as.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And this is why social media can really distort your image of yourself. Because if you're comparing yourself to someone else's false image, then you're going to always see if you, like comparison literally is you're comparing to see if you are superior or inferior based on what you're comparing yourself to. Mm-hmm. and the moment you do that you know if you're superior great i feel good about myself yeah mm-hmm. i'm better than that person but if you're inferior and this is the, how, even how subtle it is you look at their followers you look at their comments you look at their likes you'll be like okay well this person looks like they've got a lot of z they've got a lot of influence they look like there's someone i should follow
2: mm-hmm.
1: we and we do it because we follow the crowd
2: mm. so
1: how many of us are really thinking for ourselves and going does this really give me value and then if you're inferior guess what then you look at all the things that you're not mm-hmm. you know wow. so you know, confidence is it's a strange it's a it's a funny thing because you know people that are really confident don't need to be cocky mm-hmm. they don't need to be rude i don't need yep. to have this chip on their shoulder about look at me you know mm-hmm. the most confident people i know are the most humble kind caring people mm-hmm. Um, they're the people that will say hello first, that will smile first
2: mm.
0: without any intention. Yes. You no? Know? Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. I love how you see compa- uh, comparison. When you compare, you're always putting someone down. It's either yourself or the other person. Yeah. But it's always that, that stacking. And Mm. yeah, that's, that's a vicious circle. I can totally. I love that. I love the way you said that. Um, So I'm kind of guessing and and based on what you're saying, confidence really is, or or lack of confidence comes from living outside your values. When you are trying to be Mm. something you're not, when you're expecting yourself to show up highly and very on a high level outside of what you actually value. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, when you're not confident and you're doubting yourself, it's because you're not listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is you're paying attention to the doubts, you're paying attention to the limited beliefs that you mm-hmm. have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and this is the thing, Every, anyone and everyone can develop confidence, mm-hmm. but real confidence is being fully in alignment with yourself, being authentic to what you're hearing when you ask yourself that question and having the courage to follow through. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you trust yourself more and more. Like when you're in a relationship, if you're sacrificing yourself and you're betraying your own needs and your values for someone else's approval, what does that do to your self-esteem?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It literally robs you, and if it robs you in that area, it's going to rob you in the next area because everything is touching everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've gone through. I've gone through it myself, Nash. Where you know I was in a relationship and I literally. Betrayed myself. I betrayed yep. my own values. I was constantly doing everything and anything to make sure my partner was happy, and I lost myself. Mm-hmm. And I lost. I lost a lot of my confidence to the point where my friends were like, "Emil, this is not you," and mm-hmm. I couldn't recognize myself to the point where I was literally doubting everything. Wow. And this is this is the thing I want your viewers to get and your listeners is is that if you allow that in one area, it's going to leak into every other area. It leaked into how I play basketball. It leaked into how I modeled. It leaked into everything. I lost weight
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it broke me to the point where I was like, yo, I need to check in here. And I ended up, I ended up seeing a positive psychologist, you know, and he taught me about, I did it. I did actually two sessions with him and he was like, Emil, you don't need, cause you don't need to come back anymore. You're figuring out, everything you need to know. You just need to know what your values are. Mm-hmm. And then from that moment on, I always live by my values.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. when the mind is getting to the emotional state where it's like, it becomes foggy and it doesn't know what decision to make because of fear. I go, I check in, I go, what are my values?
2: Mm.
1: What do I need to action here? Yeah. What am I not listening to? Mm-hmm. And from there it's like, and it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where it's like, you make a decision, it's straight away. Your gut goes, Ooh. And I'm like, okay, I got to pay attention to that.
0: Wow. I love it, man. That's so good. Uh, so when it comes to developing confidence in the old, do you feel like there's a, there's like, you know, there's a lot of information out there now. Do you feel like there's a particular piece of information that people should not be listening to that you hear within the personal development space when it comes to growing yourself in any area and especially your confidence? Um, yeah, I think this whole nonsense
1: saying, just stay, just keep positive, just stay positive. Mm. Um, I hear Why it over and over. Because I feel like we're human beings; we're not robots. Mm-hmm. And you know, in order to understand your whole being, it's you have dark and light. Mm-hmm. We have negative and we have positive. We have tall and short. We have, you know, everything is an opposite. There needs to be.
2: Hmm.
1: We have the sun and the moon. Like we have to have the opposite in order to understand the difference. If I didn't understand what confidence is, I wouldn't understand what sadness is. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't understand what happiness is. I wouldn't understand what aggression is. Like we need them all. All the emotions are necessary for us to understand. The difference is what we make it mean that creates a way of being.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's like, if you're constantly trying to be positive what you're doing is you're denying the negative parts of you and if you're denying mm-hmm. you the negative parts of you what you're doing is you're pushing down the self that needs to be supported and heard as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm constantly avoiding that that voice that's saying hey I'm upset about this I'm upset about that and you're like no 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 don't you don't have time for that you've got to be positive
0: just keep it smiling you're not yep. being
1: authentic
2: to
0: yourself mm-hmm. and it's unnatural. I totally agree. And so in your opinion how do you be negative effectively? Like, how do you feel that negative emotion? How do you navigate that? Or what or does that actually look like? Say, so okay, for your own so life. So, pure example yesterday I woke up and
1: I didn't feel good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Now, I teach mindfulness um, and acceptance and commitment therapy. And mm-hmm. what we teach in there is that every emotion is like the weather. And some days it's going to be raining, some days it's going to be sunny, some days it's going to be thunder, some days it's going to be unicorns and butterflies. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But it's not always going to be like that. And instead of fusing with it and going, oh, I don't feel good, which I didn't feel good, I just woke up and I just naturally wasn't in a great mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed it. So instead of fusing with it, I noticed I'm like, oh, I'm noticing I'm not in a great mood. Cool. And What's interesting is that I had, call, I had I've got a lot of applications for this event mm-hmm. for Elevate. And yes. I was like, I've got to call people. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not in the mood to speak to people right now and connect. Oh. And if I do this, then I'm purely coming from lack and not value mm-hmm. <clears throat> because if I get on the phone and I'm like, I just got to do this, that I'm coming from doing, and I'm not coming from being. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed is that I was like, okay, what do I need to do in order to fill my own cup again? And in that moment I noticed like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm just going to sit with this and allow it and and just be with it. And this is the thing. A lot of people don't like to be with negative feelings or emotions. So what they try to do is distract themselves and they'll do it through social media. They'll do it through porn. They'll do it through alcohol, drugs, anything to distract them from actually experiencing what they're experiencing. Now, if you can learn how to be with your thoughts, feelings, and emotions all the time, you're not going to run from them. You're not going to avoid them. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hide from them. And by the time lunchtime here, I, and then I normally train in the morning, but I was quite tired that morning. So I just literally thought to myself, what's actually on my mind. And I just started writing down a list. And through that list, I just started working on those lists not mm-hmm. trying to get more clients not trying to get more people in the applications but just working on those lists that was my concerns and once I worked through that list I was like okay after this I'm gonna give myself a reward I'm gonna have a break I'm gonna to go to the gym and after I went to the gym my mood shifted again and by the time I came back I was in a totally different mood but do you see how I wasn't like I'm not gonna I go I'm negative I can't do this da. I could have gone down a whole spiral I could have gone into lack and gone, oh my God, there's all these people waiting on these applications. I need to get them done. But it was purely you're either coming from lack, fear, judgment, scarcity, or you're coming from the other side of creation, fulfillment, fun. That's where you're creating from inside. Mm. And you always
0: need to check in and go, what am I creating from in this moment? Mm. Awesome awareness. I I love that. And I guess it goes right back to what I I said at the start where a great leader is someone who meets someone where they're at and you, what you're doing there is great self leadership where you're meeting yourself where you're at and gently guiding yourself to where you need to go. And I think I'm most certainly guilty of having those days where I just, I I push through, I push through, you know, and um, uh, you're so right. Like you, the results you get just don't feel right. Like you, you're creating from a, from the wrong place, mm. um, out of desperation. It's like you're kind of clawing your, your way and this doesn't feel right. And, uh, your, what you create doesn't seem to actually resonate with people as well. I've noticed when you're creating from this space. So love that. Love that point, mate. Thank you. Um, thank you. So let's talk about, um, dealing with people's opinions. Uh, Mm. around when you're going after your dreams. And I think you kind of touched on a few great ideas when you mentioned with your father before and and the experience with him. But let's, let's narrow it down even a bit more, Emil, and actually talk about what would be a perception people should have when someone comes to them and they start having an opinion about what they're doing, what someone's doing you know, when they're really inspired to do something because it's going to happen. I don't know a single person who mm-hmm. doesn't have this. Uh, yeah. You just see some people deal with it better than others. How would you recommend people can de- um, develop in a perception around dealing with that?
1: So I always use the, the second agreement. There's a book called The Fifth Agreement mm-hmm. by Dom LaGarra And the first agreement is say only what you mean and mean only what you say. Mm-hmm. You use the word in truth and love only. So it's speaking with integrity. Mm -hmm. Second agreement is don't take anything personally because nothing others say or do is a projection of you. It's a projection of them. Mm. That's the agreement I I always use when people are trying to project this stuff onto me. I have to ask myself, what's the intent for them saying this to me? Is this true? And I have to trust myself enough to go, you know what? If I want to do this, I'm going to do this. No matter who's projecting it on me. Mm -hmm. It's nothing personal. Now, the biggest problem these days is we do take it personally. Mm -hmm. And we go, well, this person said I can't do it. So then I believe them. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And this is the thing these days. So many many of us are listening to what other people say. And we don't listen to ourselves. We don't trust ourselves. We don't listen to what's actually being presented to us because of fear. Mm -hmm. Maybe they know better than me. Now, even as a coach, I'll never, ever tell you the answer.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right? I'll ask you what does your gut say? What's coming up for you? And then this is, I'm teaching you how to trust yourself again.
2: Mm.
1: And you know, it happened, it's happened to me many times. Like even when I first started coaching um, my mom's a psychologist and I said to my mom, you know, when I first started coaching years ago, I was like, mom, I'm going to charge a hundred dollars an hour. And she was like, well, why would people come to you and they can go to a psychologist psychologist and get rebate? And I was like, well, I'm not a psychologist. And I took it personally because I was my mom and, and I made it mean that I wasn't as good as a psychologist. Right now I was like, well, I'll show you. And so many of us, uh, that, that we can use it as fuel or we can use it as like, or take it personally and go, you know what? I'm not going to do it. You're right. And I used it as fuel. Mm -hmm. And I and I went and I went to work and I got my first client. And then from there, the next client came. And then from there, the next client came. And mm-hmm. it, it really taught me how to trust myself mm-hmm. and not believe what people have to say and just try and play and make a plan. Like what are the skills I need to do in order to get to this level? Now, if you're looking to be confident and you guys are listening to this, I want you to find someone that has done it already. And I want you to write down what are the traits that they have. And I need you to ask you this question. Who do you need to become in order to have what they have? Mm. What are the values you need to to be practicing on a consistent basis? What do you need to be doing daily? Because it's what you do daily that makes up your whole genetic makeup. Some people go, I've got this goal. And then like person A goes, I've got this goal. And then person B goes, I've got the same goal. And why does person A succeed and person B doesn't? And it really is their habits on a consistent basis and what they do daily. Mm-hmm. And the habit is also just not what you do on the physical. It's your thoughts. Mm. It's the thoughts that come in when you look in the mirror each day. What are you saying to yourself? That's a habit. What are you telling yourself you can't do? That's a habit. What do you, every time you beat yourself up and you make a mistake, that's a habit.
0: Powerful man. So, Very powerful indeed. Uh, so speaking of habits, what is one habit that you've developed in the past two years that has had a significant impact in your life?
1: I mean, I mean, it's longer than two years. I would say yeah. my practicing my values and redefining. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you can't just know your values. You have to ask yourself, how can I practice them every week? Mm hmm. And if there's no action, there's no result. Yep. So this is one thing that I'm, I find myself really good at. Um, and one of my values, like right now, it's health. Like even as I'm, if you're running what I'm drinking, I'm drinking organic chicken bone broth. Wow. Nice one. Yeah. So every morning, like my health goal this year is to be the healthiest I've ever been.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And the reason why I say this is because the healthier I am, the more focus I have, the more energy I have to put in back into my into my work, my clients, my lifestyle. I feel good, and if I'm feeling good, I'm creating ten times more, and I'm not coming from lack. Mm-hmm. The body needs to move, right? Emotion is energy in motion. Now I move every day. Now, and now it's to the point where, like, I train five times a week. But I'm in such a routine where it's like I wake up in the morning, I'll have my alkaline green powder and it's got every type of green powder to alkaline the body. I'll wait about 15 minutes. I listen to personal development. And then from there, after that, I'll have my organic chicken bone broth. And then I'll go straight to the gym and train from 7 to 8. And then I'll come back and I'm in work mode because I've already given myself great food, great nutrients, and then I have my superfood smoothie, and I'm on point. Now, the reason why I say this is because health is one of my values. And that's how I'm asking myself this question, how can I be the healthiest I've ever been emotionally, physically, and mentally?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, well, if at the moment I ask a how question, then I start looking at all the things I need to practice in order to become that value. I am healthy. Mm-hmm. I am courageous.
0: I am in flow. I am consistent. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, has health always been a value for you, Emil, or is that something you've actually chosen because you've been like, okay, this is where I want to go, and as as a, in order to get there, I need to have health as a value. Is that how you've done that?
1: I've always been healthy. I played basketball. I I was when I was a model. I was really on point with my gym, but mm-hmm. it was the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Like I was on point with my gym because I was getting paid to look good. Okay. Yep. And when I stopped, when I stopped modeling, what happened is I stopped working out because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm not getting paid for it, but well, I need to do it. And I had mm-hmm. to, I realized my energy went down. I wasn't in as much flow. And I mean, I, I do yoga as well yeah. and boxing. So I like to add in different elements to, to keep my mind guessing and not the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and when i got that when i stopped training that it affected everything else i was like i don't want it like i'm 36 years old i want to keep going like i want to keep hacking you mm-hmm. know and it's like i really defined what health meant again and by redefining it was again if I'm healthy, I'm going to be the best version of myself. And if I'm the best version of myself, then I can show up for my clients. And if I want to be playing at at an eight or a nine or a 10, then I'm going to have to show up as a nine and 10. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to match the frequency that I'm attracting my business with my events. And this is why we get great results because I tested on myself and there's days where I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this, but Mm -hmm. I have to consistently remind myself. And and like today I've, I've, I'm going to go to gym after this, but I was like, I didn't want to wake up and go straight to gym. I was like, it's Saturday, calm it down a bit, just take it easy, slow yep. it down a bit. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's still in alignment with my health.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic, mate. Mm. So, uh, so much I want to talk to you about it, mate, but I'm going to be respectful of your time. Um, you <laughs> um let's talk about, well, this is obviously the thoughts on purpose podcast and, I named this podcast that because, first of all, I believe everyone has a purpose on earth and I wanted to talk to amazing individuals who are living out what they believe is their purpose in life and also I wanted to provide strategies so people can take care and direct their thoughts on purpose. So, Emil, I asked this question to all my guests. Do you believe everyone on earth has a purpose? Are we all here for a purpose? I do think so. And it doesn't need to be massive and it
1: doesn't need to be huge, mm-hmm. but I believe that everybody has a purpose. And when they really ask themselves these questions, you know, if they follow through with what they're listening, what they hear, and have the courage to do so, that most people will be so much more happier.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like a lot of people don't listen to their gut and they don't trust it and they just settle. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more people, and, and this, is, this goes back to also like somebody asked me the other day in an interview, do you think people are lazy? And I said, I don't. I said, I, I think people don't understand their why and they don't understand their purpose and they don't listen and trust themselves fully. Mm-hmm. And because of that, what we're doing is we're leaving, living this mediocre life based on these limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. But the moment you have purpose and you're in alignment, and you're in alignment you have 10 times more energy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You want to get up and you want to do the thing. Like I, I get up and I have energy because I'm in alignment with what I do
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not forcing it. It's just, and there's sometimes times where you're like, Oh my God, like last night I was working till 1130 on mm-hmm. Friday night. Yeah. And then I was, I woke up today and I was like, I'm asleep in a bit. But I was like, I wasn't even mad at it mm-hmm. because I'm in alignment with my vision
2: mm-hmm. and I have
1: a dream and a goal and, and, and it's enjoying the process along the way as well. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do. I fully believe
0: that everybody has a purpose. They just have to uncover it. Yep. Totally. I totally agree. Fantastic. So we've got a couple of fun questions now. Just these are very light, I guess, just so people get to know you and um, can connect with you on, on another level as well. So what is an app that you absolutely love that you've got on your phone right now? Uh, I have an app that I
1: I mean that I I've used for the last three years mm-hmm. um it's called one giant mind and it's a meditation app that I give all my clients and I still like I've been training meditation and I still use this app
2: mm-hmm. um, one giant
1: mind and I get uh, one giant mind yeah okay. so yeah. I, I I give this to most of my clients and it's just a great app to get you into a space where it's like a regular meditation it like I don't I don't like Johnny's a, um, my meditation teacher. He's the one that created the app. Okay, cool. And, and it's just a simple way to really allow your thoughts to come in and out without judging them. And this is the thing with mindfulness meditation. It's like the suffering is not your, your thing is your, your podcast is about thoughts on purpose, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. The, the problem is not the thought. It's what you make it mean about having that thought that creates suffering. Yes, And if we can learn how to let go of our thoughts because we have 60,000 to 80,000 a day and allow those thoughts to come in and out, then we are going to be so much more happier in ourselves
2: Mm -hmm.
1: instead of trying to control them.
0: Very powerful, man. I love it. So what is your favorite type of music? Ooh, so I got a
1: killer playlist on Spotify. Music is (laughs) like music for me is it's how I feel. Yep. It, it connects me. I love listening to words. Um, I like r and B. I I love old school, um, old school funk. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old soul too. Like I love the Al Greens, um, mm-hmm. you know, but for me, it's like music that has real depth to it. Mm-hmm. And that, that mm-hmm. soul feeling, it's like, for me, it's like, I, I play music all the time. Like I have a bow speaker literally behind me. Yep. And when I'm working, I'm, I've got my playlist and the beautiful thing about music is that it gets you into a rhythm and it gets you to move. And when you can move, you again, you're moving emotion. Yep. So, um, true. so I make sure I have a, a playlist for gym. I have a playlist for when I'm working, I have a meditation playlist and visualization playlist. I had different categories
0: because I feel like it's so imperative mm-hmm. to a person. I think that one practice if people started doing that alone would have such a significant impact in their lives. I totally agree. Like the power of music is amazing.
1: If, if your guests, if they have trouble waking up in the morning, get them to make a playlist. Yes. And as they wake up to the playlist and get them to move a little bit, even if it's five minutes, it's just, it makes such a difference and you're adding gratefulness to that. the recipe
0: for happiness. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I was going to actually ask you what one little challenge we can give people as a result of watching this. And I think that would be a good thing to give people as a little practice. What do you reckon? Awesome. Yeah. I think it was a great, I think you always
1: start with the smaller, like if you're trying to develop a habit in anything, Always make it as easy as possible. So, if you, just say you want to go, I want to become fitter. I mm-hmm. don't want to do 200 push ups in a day. Start mm-hmm. with five push ups. Mm-hmm. Make it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. And then, after the first week of you doing five push ups every single day, next week you do 10. Mm-hmm. The week after that, you do 15. Yep. And you develop it. You don't have to go massive. You just have to define it and you have to be better, 1% better than the day before.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Love it, man. Remove the friction. Yeah. Spot on. Um, So, Emil, you've shared so much information. Like I said, I could just deep dive with you on so many topics and uh, Mm. maybe we'll have to chat again in the future. But
2: uh,
0: what I'd love to do is how can people connect with you? How can people get amongst what you've got going on? How can they check out your events, your elevator events coming up in Bali and uh, get amongst what you've got going on? So
1: you can find me on Emil meal on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Same thing on my Facebook and just connect with me there or DM me. And then if you're looking to connect for the elevate event, you can either DM me or go to www.elevatetribe.net
0: forward slash Bali event. Beautiful. And we'll put, we'll put some links below this video, wherever you're watching or listening to this, uh, all to Emil's awesome work. And, uh, you know, Emil's hosting these events with Joel Brown, who's been one of my own personal mentors, and, and Joel's an yeah. incredible force as well. So you guys together are just an absolute powerhouse, and you've got some incredible yeah. guests. Who are your guests at this upcoming event, Emil? So at the
1: next event, we have Garane Jones. And what's funny now she's that Garane and I used to model together 12 years ago. Oh, really?
0: Oh, I had no yeah, idea like, he was a model.
1: He was a model and a singer um, and... What was funny is that we were going through the recession and we were waiting tables together. Wow! <laughs> All right. now, now Grain has created a multi-million-dollar company with Herbalife, and he speaks on hundreds of stages around the world, and he t- t- teaches on transformational work and mindset. And this is what's so dope about this is that we're coming back together like twelve years later That's and doing so what cool. we love in full alignment. Wow! Um, yeah, we also have Jen Hardy from Scotland, and she's a boss. Literally, she's, she's been awesome. married for like 19 years. She's got three kids. She's wrote a book called How to Be Unstoppable. She's really phenomenal. And the, the reason why we choose these speakers, it's not just about the speakers. It's about people that know how to coach as well, mm-hmm. because it's all good giving inspiration and telling you, go, yeah, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, and you get pumped up. But we're more about transformation at this event. Mm-hmm. It's about giving you the practical tools to step into your life and action them on a consistent basis. Yeah, and this is why we actually all the people that come to our event we have to go through an application process and we interview them
2: mm-hmm.
1: for that reason. And this is why we get the results because most mm-hmm. of the like literally everyone that gets into the Elevate event they're ready to jump. Yeah,
0: it's full you immersion. Full immersion. It is. It is. I, I uh, yeah, like I said, you've created some amazing clips from it. People can check those clips out at, at the resources and, and you know by following the links you provided and uh, really get a taste for what they can expect if they choose to step into that uh, very exciting Emil. So mate, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I know you're a busy man and you've got lots thank of you. things on the go. So um, thank you for being here. Thank you for the way you show up. And thank, thank you, you for, having for me. Oh, my pleasure, man. Absolute pleasure. So last question, Emil, what does a great life mean to you?
1: A great life means to me is to be fully in alignment with your values, doing what you love and having the relationships
0: around you that are meaningful.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Fantastic, mate. Emil, thank you so much for your time, brother. Appreciate you, mate. Thanks, mate. There you have it, my friends. I hope you got incredible value from today's interview. Be sure to follow the work that our incredible guest today is doing Okay, get amongst it, guys. They are up to big things. Before we wrap up, guys, I want to take a minute to acknowledge you. Sincerely, I want you to feel this. I I acknowledge you for being someone who values their life enough to invest the time to listen to this audio. I want you to get the most value out of this. So again, be sure to, to apply what you learn. Be sure to share what you learned with other people. Share this interview out with the people you care about. You know, a few years back, I, I used to immerse myself in listening to podcasts. I used to listen to three, four podcasts a day. as I was working a job that wasn't necessarily that inspiring to me, but I did it. And it's a dream come true for me to be here interviewing people nowadays. And you, having you here supports me in my dreams. So that's why I'm really so grateful for you being here. Uh, and I want to I support you even further. I want to give you the opportunity, again, head over to iamnashmackie.com. I want you to be part of our, our next guest interviews coming up. I want to be, you to be part of our community. So head over to imnashmackie.com, subscribe. Also claim your free one-on-one strategy session. I'm really so excited to connect with you and help you build a powerful identity. Guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. I look forward to bringing you another incredible guest interview. Thank you for joining me for the Thoughts on Purpose podcast.